You're a visionary. You know all is possible in the NFT world, and I welcome you to Freedom with NFTs. I'm Lauren Turton, and in each episode of Freedom with NFTs, I interview NFT gurus who share their experiences, strategies, tools, and tips so you can dive even deeper into creating your own freedom with NFTs. New episodes drop every Wednesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So hit subscribe so you can stay dialed in to freedom with NFTs. Welcome back to Freedom with NFTs. I'm your host, Lauren Turton, and I'm very excited about today's guest. We have David Rock, a.k.a. D-Rock, from Team Gary V today. How you doing, D-Rock? Fantastic. Thank you for having me. You know, right before the holiday, I'm happy. This is going to be a good interview for folks because they're asking questions to you that are based off of a lot of strategy. So I think this will be very helpful for folks as they go into 2022. But before we get into questions from the Freedom with NFTs audience, I'm curious to know, what was your journey before Team Gary V? Yeah, I've kind of been with Gary now eight years almost, been a while. And I was a freelance videographer before that. I didn't want to work for anybody, kind of wanted to do my own thing, become a director, eventually create films and motion pictures and all that. So I started with freelancing, creating a ton of like video projects, you know, learning how to market myself, how to promote myself, how to build a brand as a videographer. Came from nothing. Went to a community college, did that for two years, graduated and moved to New York, lived in my sister's basement for the first year, was on Craigslist every single day trying to get work, put out ads every single day and you know, put my name out there. And then eventually my buddy and I started a podcast called Launching Creative, where him and I were teaching creatives how to make money while being a creative. Like how to ask for more money, how to upsell, like all those things. And then so we had interviewed, a good, I think, about a dozen entrepreneurs at the time. And, you know, they're all formal. They're all wearing suits and ties and, like, dress shirts and, like, very proper and prim. And then my buddy was like, hey, there's this guy talking at Columbia University for free, like a cool event. Let's just go. We go, and it's Gary Vaynerchuk. And this guy walks out on stage, sneakers, hoodie, just got off of a London red eye. And I was like, wow, I like this. This is, like, grittier. This is, like, more me. I'm not like the business executives in the office who want to sit in a suit. I like this grit kind of feel. So offered him to make a free video for him. Kept offering, kept offering, kept offering. And eventually, I had made the most money I'd ever made as a freelancer this day. But it was pouring rain. And like I said before, I was a little bit ghetto. I would carry all my lighting, all my tripod, everything with me on my back. Go through the subway and like just log it all around because I came again from nothing and was always trying to save a dollar, right? This day I had made the most money pouring rain in Manhattan. Pouring rain. I lived in Queens at the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a cab. Probably my second time ever taking a cab in New York City. So I was like, wow, this is nice. At the time, the New York City subway had no service. There was no Wi-Fi down there. There was nothing that would allow you know, like, look at your phone. So because I had taken the cab, Gary had tweeted out this tweet that said, hey, I'm trying out this app called Kick, like a messaging app. Back in the day, that, that would be like Gary saying, hey, I'm trying out TikTok right now. Mm-hmm. Download it and come talk to me. I downloaded it immediately in the cab, made a username, sent him a message and said, hey, I want to make a free video for you. Watch this one-minute video that I made. And then he watched it, agreed right away. And then set me up with his writer, Steve Unwin. 
I then ended up following him around for a day, made a video. He had tweeted it out. He loved it. He was like tweeting it to everybody. I had copied and pasted everybody's name into a doc because I was going to be like, hey, I can make a video for you guys if you guys need one, how to develop my business. And then a month later, he emails me and says, hey, do you want to come work for me? I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to. Like, I honestly was like doubting it. You know, my girlfriend at the time was like, you should go to business school. All these like things. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I'm glad I said yes, though. I think my life and a lot of other lives have changed. So. Incredible. Thank you so much for sharing those intimate details about your journey. I think it's really important when we see people like you that we admire and we glorify what it is that they're doing now to hear the backstory of how you came from nothing, how you were taking the subway, how that one particular day you took a cab, which led to downloading that app. It's all divine alignment because you were putting in the work and doing what you needed to do to get that, to where you are today. That's funny because I often say hard work and serendipity is how I got here. Like, yes, every day you have to work hard. I, I'm still posting ads on Craigslist, still trying to market myself, like, still getting my name out there while also then hoping for the opportunity to come. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times people are just waiting for the opportunity, and I don't believe in that. I believe that your hard work opens those doors. And honestly, like, most people don't realize that even once you do get the job or get the opportunity, the hard work that you did to lead up to it was just getting you ready for that to do it again within that job. Most people think it stops once you get the job. And that's where I think a lot of people in their professional careers are messing up. Is they get the job and then they're like, okay, we got it. Now we're good. Now we're going to live our life. We have what we need versus like continually reinventing yourself and pushing the envelope. Yes, thank you for that. So how do you continue to reinvent yourself and push the envelope now that you've been with Gary V for eight years? Yeah, it's funny. I was supposed to have my one-on-one with him this morning. He pushed it until like 1.30 today in an hour and a half. And a lot of our conversation is going to be about in 2020, we were in all in pandemic mode. We were just trying to help bring new clients and new business, helping the, the Michael Rubin fanatic all-in challenge. We helped them with that. We were like four months on that project, bringing in money for the business, also helping raise money for the world. Then 21 came and there was a whole bunch of like new opportunities that Gary kind of saw me fitting within. And so one of them is sticking. I might try to work on that. And then the other one is I might, I want to go back into his world more, you know, really work on the VFriends project, really work on the personal brand, helping grow him more because I love what I do with him, you know, but Every single day, I say, we pump out 150 pieces of content a day. And so when you're doing that much volume and that much scale, all you're doing is reinventing yourself, reinventing the creative that you put out and reinventing the approach that you take to creative. So many people would benefit, benefit if they put out one piece of content a day. Definitely. Their life would be different. And a lot of people are scared because they're worried about what other people will say about them. Yes, definitely. And this is the perfect segue into some questions that I've received from the Freedom with NFTs audience about content creation. So what are your strategies on segmenting the content and multi-purposing it on the various platforms? Yeah. So, you know, back pre-COVID, 
every day we would meet our team and we would meet at like about four thirty and it would be called the four thirty stand up. And every single day we would look at the content that we posted yesterday and then the content that we were about to post tomorrow and try to figure out ways what worked, what didn't work, what title could have been better, what color could have been put in the thumbnail to make it pop more. Why was there no NCTA at the end of the video? What graphics worked? What quotes didn't work? And we would always be evaluating. You know, a lot of people think that we just throw stuff against the wall and hope this sticks. I mean, at some point you have to put stuff out that you've never tried before. But honestly, we're in constant cycle mode of like, if Gary said this quote in this video, we'll take that quote and tweet it. If that quote does really well on Twitter, we'll then put that on Instagram. If that does really well on Instagram, why don't we make a short film around that topic? I call it the circle of life of content because you're always reinventing it. Like what most people don't do is once something works, they don't squeeze it. <laughs> you know, I almost mm-hmm. mentioned myself there. You, you don't squeeze that a bit. And a lot of times, you know, when we find that one thing works, we'll do it a thousand more times in a thousand different ways to get that message across. Because Ooh. there's one nuance, there's one word. Just do it in three words. and Behind it is a whole campaign of powerful marketing that they built an entire brand off of. And like, we're continually reinventing ourselves every day, whether that be the new platforms that pop up or whether that be just new or personal creative. Wow. Thank you for that. That is going to change the lives of so many content creators to take a look at the content you're putting out and evaluate it every day. And I love how you said squeeze out of the content that is working. So what is your process like for filming, post-production, and then distribution? Constantly evolving, right? In the beginning, I was the only videographer on Team Gary, me editing keynotes and Ask Gary V. And then over time, we started the Ask Gary V show, which ended up being wildly successful. Gary had a book that became a, a New York Times best hitter. But like my role is always evolving. The last few months, I've been following Gary only when he travels. We have another team that films while he's in New York or on special, like when I first met you at NFT Week. He wanted me to document most of that, so I did that. But the process is we document versus create. And I think Gary used to say this a lot. We made a whole short film series on it. Documentation is how we gather so much, and then we go through and post-edit and create. And I think... That's probably the skill that I've grown the most over the eight years is taking something. Like currently, I'm working on a short film for Gary, and all it is is a series of clips that he said throughout the years, and I'm mashing it together around one point, one topic, one theme. That is not me spending hours with him trying to make this film. That's me just in a dark hole being like, okay, like this one's about accountability. So this one is just me looking up terms on accountability that he said. And so I'm okay. building a whole film around that. And then also like being humble to find the right creative. You know, mm. one of Gary's most viral videos is not made by me. It was made by another kid dust in on our team. And so always taking a new approach, always accepting other people's opinions in order to help you like make it. You're not always right. Yes, you are a creative and you are putting out your message and you have your tone of voice, but there might be some other person who might see it a different way. And that also might be the thing that the audience wants. 
Ooh, love you that takeaway. So yes. Being humble, being humble in the creative process, I think is very important. Thank you for that. So I want to switch gears and mm -hmm. go into your NFT's journey. Can you tell us about your first memory of hearing about NFTs? We were on a thread. Gary loves thread. So I'm on like a hundred different threads with him. The one thread that I'm talking about was like the 2021 National. This is where we were all going to go to the National Card Convention with Gary Lums doing, buying and selling cards. But then COVID hit, but we kept the thread alive. We were all buying and selling cards on eBay. We learned this like new skill. I had never bought and sold something for a profit ever. And okay. as the evolution of Gary, I'm going to give a little backstory because I think it's important. What I love about Gary is if you have no money, Gary says literally take this water bottle and go sell it for $10, and then you have $10. Go take the five books that you have sitting in your apartment that you're not going to read again, go make 15 more dollars. Gary then says to do that, then go into sports cards, buying and selling and flipping, to then build your wealth up even more. You have a bigger ROI, you can have a bigger growth if you hit the right card, whatever. Then February of 2021, this year, Gary called me and eight other people and he says, guys, I don't know what you guys think about me, but I know that we just went through a tremendous year of sports cards, but now you need to buy this JPEG and it's worth $30,000. And we're like, what are you talking about? And like, this is free, like, this is out of control. And his first project that he brought to us was CryptoPunk. And so, you know, Immediately, none of us had an Ethereum. None of us had a MetaMask. None of us had any wallet set up. So literally for two weeks, like I had a whole Excel doc of like all the punks I wanted. But literally within two weeks, we all had to like set up the bank processing and the wallets and all that. It took a while. Like my ability to purchase it, punks were already up to 40 grand. And so I was like, oh my God, I'm about to spend $40,000 on a car, on a JPEG. And so what I had done is I had sold a bunch of my cards that I had bought throughout the year and then eventually was able to purchase a CryptoPunk. So yeah, CryptoPunk is the first time I heard of NFT. And then slightly after, I think three weeks later, Gary gets on a call with me and my, my partner Nima. He's the director at our new production company called Eva Nostradam, Madison Avenue Backwards. But him and me were put on a call with Gary, and he's like, hey, there's this guy I want you to meet, and so the guy gets on the call, and it's Beeple, and he's like, Beeple's about to do the thing in, like, two days, I think we should go, like, film it, and so we're like, okay, and so then literally at three o'clock in New York City, and I lived in Jersey at the time, I was sent to the airport directly from the office, Gary was like, come pick up your camera at my apartment, because I had been filming Gary at his apartment during COVID, Come grab that. He gave me two pairs of underwear, two socks, and I literally went to JFK. I had nothing on me. I had my like laptop, <laughs> two pairs of underwear, and two pairs of socks. Me and Nima are at the airport by 6.30, the last flight out. We land in South Carolina. The next morning, we're in Beeple House at 8 a.m. Just met the guy the day before. The most welcoming family, most amazing human, him and his wife, and his, I think two kids. And then his brother was there. They had then done a sale that night for 
a resell of his like first project. And so then we had captured that moment, and then also the day after was the beginning of the Christmas auction. So that sold the $69 million. So we were there for that day, and then we, we came back two weeks later when the auction was finished and captured that. We made a, a, a documentary, put it out in a few weeks, and it was a remarkable time. Wow, those are amazing memories, and thank you so much for sharing those. And so now I'm curious to know, what NFT projects are you currently really excited about? Well, you know, <laughs> I don't have unlimited funds. So, you know, I bought into CryptoPunks pretty heavy. I aped in. And then I got VFriend. And that's really the only two that I'm, like, pumped about. I don't have the funds or the means or the desire to buy into much because I guess I am more of a... um a diamond hand, right? A holder. I like to hold my project and just, I'm not the daily flipper. So those two are the ones I like have the most of. And then I would say, that, honestly, those are really it. There's other projects that are probably up and coming. Like there's so many that Gary's involved in. There's so many like that approach us every day. The problem is a lot of the people are not inventing. They're just copying. And so I'm a little worried about that, you know? Like, it's funny. My family, like, they know how well I've done over the years with Gary and what advice I gave them. Like, hey, buy a crypto punk back in February when Gary told me to, and they didn't. And they're, like, regretting it. So now every day they hit me up, and they're like, what should we buy? What should we buy? And my advice is always the same. I don't know. Because Mm -hmm. I don't like to give financial advice or put people's money in jeopardy. Yeah, that's such a great boundary that you have with that. And I think that's an important takeaway for people in the audience to know where you're at in this space and to have those boundaries, because the more you get involved in the NFT space, like what's happening with you, family, friends are reaching out, what should I buy? What should I buy? And it's like, whoa, (laughs) that's not where I'm at to tell people don't give advice that you shouldn't be giving. So I love that you have that boundary. So I'm curious to yeah. know, do you plan on creating NFTs with your own work? Yeah, I think at some point I I have to. I think like social media, everybody who said no in the beginning, they're all making a social media account or they wish they did earlier. I think NFTs are inevitable in the world of, that I live, which is creating. I like to create anything, you know. I want to write a book. I want to write a fantasy novel. I want to make movies. I believe in character creation, IP creation. Yeah, I think it's inevitable at this point. It's just a matter of time. I'm not going to rush into it. I think there's going to be so many things that you learn over time with NFTs and so many different use cases. So I'm going to watch, study, participate in a few and figure it out along the way. Awesome. And what are your plans for the future? What are you looking forward to in 2022? 2022... I am looking forward to helping Gary build out his brand a lot more. I think there's a lot more creative ways we can continue to distribute his content and then also help in this new production company for the Vayner. I am working on a book. I found a ghostwriter. Her name is Renata, and I'm working with her to help me write How to Get Your Dream Job Book, which is the undercurrent theme is working for free or offering your work for free. Interview about 20, 30 people get that book out there. And that's my like goal with that. I also have a fashion brand I'm kind of working on called Made By. Every day right now, I'm just putting out a design that I make in Photoshop, put it out on my Instagram, promote it that way. 
So hopefully I find some sort of clothing production company who wants to help me create that fashion brand. And that's really it. Stay healthy, happy, live a little, you know. Those are amazing goals for 2022. And before we wrap this interview up, I'm curious, any final words for the Freedom with NFTs audience? Yeah, I would say another short film I'm working on is homework, 50 hours of homework. This community is so beautiful and amazing and so creative and so like hungry to get their work out there. But they're also just not spending the time, I don't think, to do enough research and really like dive in. Having more conversations like what you and I are kind of doing right now, getting to know people, I think that's the next best thing. And then don't overthink it, right? Say you are thinking about an NFT project, I think make it and put it out. And the worst that can happen is it doesn't work out. But also like be thoughtful, build that community, start a Discord, really get involved. And then one more thing. I think the audacity that a lot of people have I've been saying this quite a few times in a few interviews. If you have 400 followers on Instagram or anywhere, Twitter, wherever, imagine a room where every one of those people is in it and you're sitting there and there's 400 people there. That's a lot of people. Respect your community that you have already. Don't worry about the numbers. The numbers will come if you put in the work and the tried and true, like, good effort, but really respect the 400 people that are surrounding you in your community right now. And I think that takeaway will, I think, help a lot of people. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you being on Freedom with NFTs. So many golden nuggets. I know for myself, I just learned so much and you have so much value to share. That's it for today's episode. I'm Lauren Turton. See you on the next one. Thank you for listening to Freedom with NFTs. Don't forget to subscribe. New episodes drop every Wednesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host, Lauren Turton, and it's been an honor to show up for you in this format and support you on your journey in creating your own freedom with NFTs.